Jack. Dad. We learned something interesting after episode number one of our new podcast, According to the Osbournes. We learned that the intro music that I cooked up for the inaugural episode, I cooked it up. We learned that that music was, I don't know, disliked. No one liked the intro music, Jack. Yeah, I can see why. Right. So I appreciate your candor. So I've taken the liberty of cooking up something else, and I would like to bust it out for you right now so that you can hear it and get your reaction live on this podcast. Okay, I'm ready. Talking sports and pop culture for two different points of view. A father and a son disagree young with swaggalicious attitude. Today's top story is breaking them down through the generation gap. Listen to them talk about the NFL. Listen to them talk Doja Cat. According to the Osbournes. Yeah. According to the Osbournes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so the according to the Osborne's yeah part is so funny. <laughs> Are you in or out? Yes, that, I'm in. I'm in. Are you really? Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll see what our dozens and dozens <laughs> of listeners say. Listen, welcome in everyone to episode two of According <laughs> to the Osborne's. I'm your host, John Cave Osborne, sitting alongside my son Jack Osborne. We've got a great show for you today. We really do. We really do. We're going to talk some NBA playoffs. We're going to talk some NBA injury bug. We'll also talk a little fantasy football. It's right around the corner. We'll talk fantasy football punishments for your last place loser in your league. We'll also touch on the College World Series in general, Tennessee baseball in specific. But not before, Jack. We go to our news and notes because Finn Winters, listener Finn Winters, is a fact checker of sorts. And he has correctly pointed out that I mistakenly said the Vols walk-off grand slam in the bottom of the ninth was against Liberty when it was, in fact, against Wright State. Finn, thank you for getting our back. Congratulations, man. On what? Why are you congratulating him? Fact-checking us, but you're really still a terrible fantasy football player, so it doesn't really matter. He's a good fantasy football player, and it's worth noting that he won our – March Madness competition, Finn Winters did. That's Any, very, that is very. Anyway, let's, let's, without further ado, let's go to just dive right into topic number one, Jack. Are you ready? I'm ready, Dad. Okay. Topic number one is the NBA injury bug. Jack, have you noticed that there have been a lot of injuries in this NBA postseason? I've noticed. Okay. Can you name some of them? Have you done any show prep at all, son? Of course. We've got Kawhi Leonard, we got Kyrie. We got James. We got Chris Paul, even though that's really an illness, but still. And also, don't forget, before that, he had the shoulder injury against yeah, the Lakers. I've, yeah. I've got a complete list because, son, I did do show prep. I, I did, too. I was, I, I was just covering a broad topic. You yeah, know? you did a good job. So, Chris Paul with the shoulder injury. Kawhi Leonard, you mentioned with the knee. Joel Embiid, he had that small tear in his lateral meniscus. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, that was huge. I mean, AD, that kind of did the Lakers in. You meant you said James. I assume you meant James Harden with the hamstring, Kyrie Irving with the high ankle sprain, uh, Mike Connolly Jr. Don't like that. Don't sleep on him. He was great this year. That was huge for the Jazz, and and I, I believe Donovan Mitchell struggled uh, with an ankle injury early in the series that they wound up losing. And LeBron James blames it on the condensed season. The Lakers had just seventy one days between their championship run in October. And then getting right back to work. James missed 26 out of 28 games in the second half of the season. So he knows a little bit about injuries firsthand. I mean, he was 
basically hampered with him all season. So on Wednesday, he took to the tweets, as I like to say, Jack. I like that. I like that, man. And got some things off his chest, quite frankly, son. He went on a bit of a tirade. Just a bit. He writes on Twitter on Wednesday, I knew exactly what would happen. They all didn't want to listen to me about the start of the season. I only wanted to protect the well-being of the players, which is ultimately the product and benefit of our game. These injuries isn't just part of the game. It's the lack of pure rim rest, rest before starting back up, is causing these injuries. This is the best time of the year for our league and fans, but missing a ton of our fave players, James continued, and then he left that thought unfinished, but it's clear. Missing these guys is lame. I don't want to see these guys on the bench. I want to see them on the court. Don't you agree? I definitely do agree with that. Do you think King James is right? Do you think that it is the lack of rest, the 72 games in just 146 days, I think it is, the wear and tear on these guys that is responsible for the the massive amount of injuries, not just in the regular season, but the ones that are huge in the playoffs. Yeah, I think LeBron James is wrong. Most of these uh, injuries are caused by in-game unluckiness. I don't think it's caused by lack of your body being worn out. Well, that's interesting. Let's go down the list here. So Chris Paul, shoulder injury, you know, Typically speaking, shoulder injury, and not that I'm siding with King James, because I, I actually think I agree with you, but I want to talk it out. Chris Paul, shoulder injury. Shoulder can be a bit of a wear and tear thing. But that Kawhi Leonard drive, that was freak. I, I think that happens whether you've been playing, you know, over the course of, of the regular time duration of the season or not. He just happened to be planning right when he got bumped in a weird yeah. way. Yeah, I agree. And he's in – Freak condition. Tell you another one, Kyrie Irving. I mean, that guy, he went up in the air and came down on someone's foot. That was just yeah. a high ankle sprain that was absolutely unlucky. I don't think any amount of rest is going to stop that from happening. I agree with that. There are others that you do wonder about. James Harden and the hamstring, he's, he's you know struggled with it all season long. This is where I get, is that because he didn't get enough rest? Or is that dude getting too much rest, a.k.a. not going to the gym, man? Part of these might be conditioning. Yeah. With James, I mean, he just – I thought the jokes of him putting on fat were a joke because, like, when he got traded to Brooklyn, everyone was making jokes about how he put on weight just so he could go to Brooklyn. So Houston didn't want him. And I thought that was, like, fake – like, they put fake weight on him, and then I, I just checked him out, like, you know, one game, whenever, and I was like, wow. Yeah, he, the dude's not in shape. I mean, he's got that, I describe it as a lazy fat man game where he does a million quick dribbles and then does a step back three and flails his body in un, unnatural ways and hooks you in the arm and, and gets a foul called. Um, I hate James Harden's game. I, I mean, he's a great player, but I just can't stand to watch him play. Joel Embiid, same thing. I don't know if he's a top-conditioned athlete. It, it always seems like he's dealing with some kind of nagging injury, and that's the other thing. Some of these guys are just injury-prone, so it's really, really hard to say. I'll tell you one takeaway I do have, though. King James is doing what King James does. He's listening to himself talk. He's being sanctimonious. He's scolding everyone. And you know what else? He's talking out of both sides of his mouth. After basically chastising ownership for the shortened season, he turns right around in a follow-up tweet, and he says, and I know all about the business side too, the business factors, so don't even try me. I get it. So he's clearly stating he gets the reason why, but instead of coming up with solutions, he just comes up with this angry tirade and this sanctimonious lecture, and it's kind of what King James does. You know what? Enough about this. Let's go on to topic number two. All right, all right. Topic number two is fantasy football punishment. 
As you know, Dad, we're big we're big fantasy football players. We are, Jack. We're in a, uh, a highly, highly esteemed league called the Naked Bootleggers. I am the embattled commissioner of that fantasy football league. because he's made many mistakes as a commissioner. I am ruling with fairness and an open mind and doing a great job. And, worth noting, I'm the inaugural champion at one year one. Okay, buddy. Call me when you reach the playoffs, Jack. I literally made the playoffs this year, bud. I literally made the playoffs. Okay, That's a force. My bad, but you know what? Your boy Thunder Lizard, your brother, your triplet brother. Yeah, what about him? Took home some hardware. Call me when you take home some hardware. That's next year. <laughs> Sam is off camera right now showing us his posterior. Thanks, Sam. Good contribution, Moist son. Moist poop for the dub. Yeah, Moist poop. We're going to rule on that name next uh, next year. Jack's name is Moist poop, which is horrible. But anyway, en- enough about, about our particular league. All right, so in our little text group chat, Sunday fun day, John Winters posted a link to a New York Times article about the Waffle House punishment. Ah, the Waffle House punishment. I'm sure everyone out there is familiar with the Waffle House punishment. Yes, I'm sure. But just in case, that is the punishment whereby the loser of the league has to spend 24-hour sentence in the Waffle House, and that sentence is only reduced by eating a waffle. So for every waffle you eat, an An hour is taken off. That's right. An hour comes off the time clock. Um, Son, did you read the article in the New York Times? No, I did not read that. Because you largely don't read, I would imagine. No, but because I know I'm not going to lose. <laughs> had you read, it was a very, very funny article. And really, the New York Times, all they did was hijack this guy named Lee Sanderson, I think it is. Sander Lynn, it is. He writes for the Clarion Ledger. He's a very clever 25-year-old who live-tweeted his time at the Waffle House, and I mean, it is it is hilarious. And even though this so has like been, he went on a live video. Like no, he like he live tweeted. So like, here's the thread. I'm showing Jack the thread on my computer. You know, his first tweet is, "I am coming to you live in the Brandon Mississippi Waffle House. I, a total loser, came in last place in my fantasy football league. As punishment, I spend 24 hours in a Waffle House. Every waffle I eat shaves an hour off the clock. It's 4:07 Central. First of all, he's a rookie. He should start at midnight. But that's beside the point." He orders two waffles, and he's like, hey, figured I'd enjoy the first two. He's got syrup and butter on them. That's a bad mistake. Yeah, that really is. You that don't is, go out of the gate with shit. so fatty. It just, like, it's, that just makes you full, and you, you just— Calories are your enemy. Yeah. You, you don't, but, but I also think you need to moisten these things to get them down your gullet. Um, okay. Yeah, anyway, so he says, four waffles down. I've been here for one and a half hours, so that means I have 18.5 to go. I am— Already in immense discomfort, please, somebody, launch me into the sun, which I thought was particularly clever. He said, (laughs) his next tweet says, two children, who can't be older than six, are up at the touch tunes, absolutely jazzed to hear whatever bangers they picked out as soon as (laughs) Enter Sandman finishes. So he's just, he's in, these these tweets went viral. So anyway, the New York Times writes a write-up on it. It was hilarious. His write-up was just as funny. I thought it was interesting. His league commissioner did say that he was allowed to leave the Waffle House, but not its, its, its property. He could walk around in the parking lot, and the league commissioner did say that he was allowed to vomit, and that without consequence. And I believe he voided a couple of times behind the dumpster. That's interesting. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just glad I won't be going through this because I'm just not going to lose. So. Well, we thought about that as a punishment in our league, and we'll get to other punishments that perhaps would be good. The reason why we didn't do that punishment in our league is that a lot of our participants are young, and the moms probably wouldn't like that. Let me ask you this. Do you have any guess as to how many waffles this guy ate? 
Um, and you've been to Waffle House. These yeah. are not little ego waffles. These yeah, are big, yeah. big waffles. All right, so in 24 hours, he's already ate four in one hour. So I'm going to guess that maybe he ate nine waffles so that he only had 15 hours. Or, yeah, 15 hours in the waffle house. Strong math on the fly. Sam, who is outside of earshot, has been holding up some numbers, and he, he's, he's guessed 15 I don't know what my guess would be because I've read it, and I'm starting to think you read it, Jack, because it was nine waffles. No, I swear I didn't. He ate nine waffles, and that did reduce his sentence to 15 hours, Um, and there was all kinds of people on Twitter being like, oh, what a loser. Can't believe you just ate nine waffles. Nine waffles is a lot at waffles. It's 4,000 calories. You're supposed to get about – a grown man's supposed to get about – well, between 1,800 and 2,200 kind of depends on your diet and what you're trying to accomplish. But 2,000 is a normal caloric intake. And so these guys that are shaming this guy on Twitter saying, oh, I could eat a lot more, I think they're just jealous of this guy's 15 minutes. But, man, that is a, that's a ton of waffles. All right, let's talk then about what punishments we should impose for the naked bootleggers because I thought we had a really, really good punishment this last year. We made the loser of our league – Someone who happens to be not the darkest complected guy in the world. Yeah, he he's as white as a piece of paper. <laughs> he's white as a piece of paper. JJ, we love you, bro. We made him get, and I quote, the darkest spray tan possible. And we filmed it all, and it was fantastic. And if we were bigger and we had a Twitter feed, I would put the video up there. It It, it was good, okay, especially because he got he the— He got the NBL. Yeah, he, he put the letters N B. L, which stands for naked bootleggers, and taped it on his chest, and he took off his shirt, and then, you know, it, it, it's so like his his chest is dark, except in white is NBL, and that was really funny, but it didn't quite pack the punch, I would have hoped. Like, when he walked out, it you couldn't immediately tell, like, the video didn't do it justice, you know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe we search for a different punishment next year. What punishments can you think of? Do you have any? Okay, so I really just love the idea of, you know, walking around you know, Market Square, the mall, and just maybe, like, the last two losers just wearing, like, matching costumes and, like, saying, like, we both are we both are really bad at fantasy football. So public shaming of sorts. Yeah, but I feel like you have to spice it up if you do public shaming. Like, maybe some dares are involved. Maybe just not to cross the line, but... Like, just maybe something to jazz it up, you know? Yeah, I suggested in our group thread that the loser stand with the sandwich board at a prominent um, intersection in town and just say, hey, I'm a giant loser. Honk if you like losers, you know, make them, you know, dance around or whatever. But it was quickly pointed out by the advisory committee, which are the adults of the league. This is, by the way— And a- Hank Johnson, by the way. <laughs> Please, Hank. Th- this is a father-son fantasy football league, the Naked Bootleggers is. Uh, and the fathers in the league quickly pointed out that moms probably don't want their kids. Because let's face it, the kids are going to be one of the losers. That, that's all there is to it. Okay, Wait a minute. Buddy, okay, J- JJ buddy. lost this last year. Yes. He was an adult. I can't say that. Anyway, moms aren't going to want their kids on a busy street corner, and I get that. So we have to keep that in mind. But I do like the idea of public shaming. I've also Googled some stuff, and yeah, I'm going to go down the list here. Some are good. Some aren't. Just award a trophy. That's pathetic. Wear a jersey of your least favorite team. I think that's pathetic. Host next year's draft, please. I'm the only one that hosts the draft. And hold on. I like to host the draft. I'm not complaining. But you can't host next year's draft. 
Um, Unless you're Hank Johnson. <laughs> the aspiring commissioner. He's a Judas, I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, the license plate. I do like this. The loser has to put a pink license plate holder on his car that says, I suck at fantasy football. I feel like that could be a bumper sticker situation as well. Okay, but here's the thing. Do we all have cars? I think that would be a good punishment for Hank Johnson. That's true. Most of you don't have cars. Because he car. Yeah. I think it would be a good punishment. I don't think we should set a punishment at the beginning of the year. I think we should decide on who the loser is and then make the punishment because yeah. what, whatever suits with I it. hear you, but others would say, hey, then, then you can get kind of hypercritical on any one person. I, I personally think the punishment should be uniform to whoever gets it. And you bring up a valid point. Bumper sticker wouldn't work because some people it wouldn't apply to. Pink lemonade stand. I like this. Okay. Where, where though? You where? set up a lemonade stand. I'm not sure where, but there's a catch. A lot of us are in scouts, right? Right. You have to wear your scout uniform and sell lemonade on a corner. I think that's outstanding. I really, really get your lemonade. I, I think oh that that's got. Gosh. I think that that has legs. Paintball target, not bad. Nope, nope. nope. Pier- I... Piercing or tattoo? That is going to be a marriage tester for the men of the naked bootleggers <laughs> and the and the wives. There is zero chance that'll happen. Eyebrows of shame. That's where you shave off one of your eyebrows. I think that that's better than shaving off both. They suggest shave off both. Yeah, I say I agree with one. just shave one, right? Well, uh, hang on, there's one or two. I just more. think someone needs to get publicly humiliated. <laughs> You're into the public humiliation. Yes. Well, along those lines, I'm going to give you one idea that I had, and I'll leave it here, and okay. we'll we'll wrap it up and go to the next segment. What if the the bottom two? You know those sumo wrestling deals? Oh, like yeah. Like those, those fat suits that you wear and like the fake thong over yeah, the fat suit? Yeah. What if we had the two losers had to square off in Market Square until like, you know, really an enforcement officer <laughs> made them stop? I and then we film it and put so it on social funny. media. Yeah. And I think we should make like a little ring. That would that, be no, you certainly make a ring. And then like, like they're bumping bellies. And maybe I, as the embattled commissioner, would be the official oh, yeah. between assuming i'm not the one losing by the way and i think that that would be a really good I one i really so, like that one yeah. I actually, well we've got that, stuff that's to, one of my favorites yeah thanks favorite. we got stuff to think about jack would you like to do the honors for topic number three i would love to do the honors for topic number three please by all means so today tennessee got smacked by virginia six to zero um my question to you is can the balls still emerge to make the finals? Like, can they make a run? Well, Jack's, of course, talking about the College World Series in Omaha. Of course I am. And Tennessee did get smacked. Can they emerge from this group of four to make the finals? I think they can. Do I think it's likely? I do not. I think in double elimination tournaments, it's really important to get that first game because obviously there's no more margin for error. But – if there's uh, – and this is going to sound weird, but if there's a silver lining, it's that Tennessee will play Texas in the loser's bracket. And that might sound crazy. Texas is the two. Tennessee was the three. The reason why I think that's a blessing in disguise is, you know what? Let's get it over with. Let's either lose and go home or let's beat the Longhorns. And then what would end up happening is we'd have to win again and then meet the winner and beat that winner twice. twice. Yeah. And, and I'd rather beat – Someone else twice. I'd rather have to beat someone else twice than Texas because I think Texas is really good. But it's a tough situation for the Vols. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Tennessee choked? Um, I mean, 
That might be hard to answer because I know that you're not a dyed-in-the-wool baseball fan, but just do your best. Do you think Tennessee choked? I mean, losing 6-0 to an opponent that you're expected to win, I'm not going to – I mean, I mean, I think one sports fan would look at that and say, yeah, that's a pretty big choke. You couldn't even put on a run. You were 0-8 for 8 when there were runners in score, scoring position. Like, that is pathetic, honestly. I mean, there was times where there was guys in second and third with one out, and we just couldn't capitalize. Yeah, let me let me go through the bullet points because I think you're exactly right. Eight runners were left in scoring position. Tennessee was 0 for 4 with runners on third base with fewer than two outs. That means a runner on third with one out or no outs, and Tennessee couldn't play them. Chad Dallas, who's been fantastic all year, went six and one-third innings but gave up four runs on eight hits. Tennessee, been playing long ball all season. Got just six hits. Well, and six is, I mean, it's not paltry. They normally put up way more hits. But here's what's interesting about those six hits. Nothing longer than a single. So, I mean, they certainly look like, to me, and I'm a baseball layman, okay? I don't follow baseball like I follow other sports. But they looked tight. They looked emotionally hungover. They looked like I thought they might look the game after that walk-off Grand Slam winner against Wright State. I thought they'd be emotionally hungover for that game. They were not. They came and made gangbusters of the rest of that regional and then took care of LSU. Today, they just came out flat. I'm not going to call it a choke, but it sure is hard to be a Vols fan, isn't it, son? It, it just really is. You make it to the final eight. It's like making it to the elite eight and then just just being a favorite and just getting whooped. I mean, I know it's not over, but like it's gonna, like you said, there's no margin for error. So it's going to be pretty difficult to come back, in my opinion. Yeah. Especially since it is Tennessee we're talking about. Like, it just seems that in every single sport, like literally every Tennessee sport, there has to be a choke or, or some, something has to be messed up. There is nothing more sad than when you realize that your 13-year-old son suffers from BVFS, Battered Vol Fan Syndrome. <laughs> You've got it, son. I've had it. At least half my life, maybe not quite half my life, because there was a, I mean, I a nice run there. Caring or, uh, well, like, it's hard to do. It, it, care a little less would be my advice. Not to pour salt on the wound, but two things I want to add before we move on. Virginia is just they, they played five hundred ball in their conference yeah. in, in in ACC play. So certainly they're unseated. They've had a great run to get here, but if you look at them on paper. It did look like a team that you should have beat. Certainly did not look like a team that you would lose 6-0 to zero to. And it's just tough. And I'll tell you what's even tougher. Friend of the show, Tom Bledsoe, who, by the way, designed our new logo. Folks, have you seen our new logo? Look at whatever podcast platform you're listening on right now. Tom designed that new logo. He sat next to Tennessee Volunteer second baseman Max Ferguson's parents on a flight. They were en route to Omaha. I thought it was a good omen. Alas, it was not. Jack, let's move on to the big one. Let's do. The NBA is down to its final four. Jack, how many people do you think had Milwaukee and Atlanta coming out of the East and the Clippers and the Suns coming out of the West? Not a one seed to be found. Nothing higher than three in the East. Okay, so I'm not going to say I saw Atlanta being in the top four, but this might be me being biased because I love Trey Young. But I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like when Trey comes in as an underdog, 
you know, he's got nothing to lose, and he just loves it. You can just see. I just love Trey Young, so I'm probably being biased, but I didn't. I I would never predict them to be in the top four, but I can see why they're in there. Yeah, and I think you should take a little bit of credit, folks. Go back and listen to our first podcast. Jack, you you pounded the table on Trey Young. You called him, I believe, and I quote, the swaggiest player in the NBA. And, you know, he had a tough game all night until the fourth quarter. And he, you know, shows up and he drops a quiet 20 bomb with 10 assists. Yeah, and he did really play well in the fourth quarter. And you're right. There's something about him where it's like he's playing with dealer's money. And, like, if you looked at the body language tonight – of the Atlanta Hawks. It was fantastic. And I mean, Philadelphia. Oh, I just wanted to go up there and like give them a hug and buy them like a puppy or something. They look so sad. Yeah, they look timid. And Trey Young's just not scared of anything. He's not. So let's, I want to break this series down. And I guess we should also probably mention the Bucks really showed out in a very exciting game seven, a pair of wonderful game sevens that NBA fans were treated to this weekend. The Bucks held on in overtime to beat the team that I thought really was probably – Yeah, I thought I, I thought they were the class of the East, and I thought they'd win it all as well. But injuries really set that team back. And, of course, we're talking about the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant tried to do it on his own. One thing that was very clear by the end of that game, it truly was him on his own. He couldn't do it on his own. If he wore – I don't know what size shoe he wears, but if he wore a size smaller – that game's over because that two he hit at the end of regulation, golly, I mean, he had a toenail on the line. Yeah, dude, that's insane. And that would have been a three, and that would have ended it. Anyway, that was very, very exciting, and, and props to Giannis and company. But uh, Drew Holiday, I think, is the guy's name on the Bucks. I mean, he's exactly what Durant didn't have. He didn't have a wingman. Harden or was net like Chris Middleton or something like that on the Bucks. Right. He didn't have anything. Zero points. Zero bench points, rather. Zero bench shots for the Nets, which is a stat I read, which I couldn't believe. Zero points from the bench players in the Nets. Harden disappeared in the fourth. It was KD on an island, and he just couldn't do it on his own. So, you know, hats off hats off to the Bucks. But let's go back to that Sixers and Atlanta series. Sixers blew an 18-point lead in Atlanta in Game 4, and it, it was it was painful. But as painful as that one was, son. Game the, five, oh. 26 point lead, and they blow it at home. Yeah. 26 point lead at home. Couldn't believe it. So I ask you this what was worse? Those back to back collapses, particularly the 26 point lead at home collapse in game five, which was worse? Those collapses or Dwight Howard's haircut? Dwight Howard's haircut, he honestly looks like a chicken. So in game six, he had like spiked out, but I noticed t- tonight he had it like, you know, more contained. Yeah, he had it tight. I kind of liked tonight. Tonight's look was okay. But when it's flopping around like that, it looks like, like he should be perched atop a barn. You know what I mean? Yeah. He looks like a cross, and you won't get this reference, probably too young, but kids out there, if you don't catch it, Google it. He looks like a cross between Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy, those dolls, and like kind of a, I don't know, a witch doctor doll. That's what the hair looks like. Anyway, it was it was tough. It was hard to watch that. It was hard for me to watch Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons plays to me like a player who was scared of the ball. He had an open dunk, and he dished Golly. it in the waning moments of that game. I don't know. It, it was tough. And I'll tell you what else was tough. 
Doc Rivers. Tough day for Doc. You know, he used to coach the L.A. Clippers. Could his, old, nev- his old team goes to the Final Four, and he gets bounced by a 5 He could never get the Clippers to the Finals. The Clippers are indeed in the Finals. Consider this. The Clippers were led by Doc's former assistant, Tyron Lue. It does beg the question, who's a better coach at this point? Who do you think? I mean, I really don't know because Tyron Lue, when he was at Cleveland, I don't know. Because, I mean, Doc Rivers has a ton more experience than him. You nailed it. Doc has a lot more experience. The book's still out on Lou, right? He won a championship. I think you can say there's an asterisk because LeBron was on the team and kind of handpicked him as coach when he ran, I forget the coach's name, out midseason. But David, it was something David. Blatt, maybe, is that right? David Blatt? Yeah. Perhaps fact checker Finn Winters can <laughs> chime in with uh, on the group Naked Bootleggers text. But Tyron Lou, say what you want, he did win a championship. It's hard to win a championship. Doc Rivers won the more impressive championship. I believe he coached the Celtics to a championship over a fantastic Kobe team, if I'm not mistaken. Again, Finn, feel free to chime in. But it's a tough day for Doc Rivers. He sees his former team do something over the weekend that he's been unable to do, take them to the Western Conference Final. It was led by his former assistant coach and even former standout player Chris Paul. One of Doc's guys has found his way to a conference finals before Doc can and it's, I don't know, it's sad. I remember when Chris Paul got traded, everybody was like, wow, they just basically sent Chris Paul to the desert. We'll never hear from him again. That is not the case. He's just a leader, man. He is a leader. So let me ask you this. Who do you got? Milwaukee versus Atlanta. Atlanta. The swagger's too much. And I don't know. I, I mean, a lot of times it comes down to who can shoot free throws. That's true. That's very true. Look at Atlanta. Herder. 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 Gallinari. Trey. I mean, even John Collins. I mean, everyone in that starting, Bogdanovich, everyone can shoot except for Capella. And, you know, you look at Giannis, who takes 17 seconds to shoot a free throw. I think Chris Middleton, I just think he chokes a lot. Yeah, well, I, I can see why you say that. And, and maybe I'm being biased, but just give me the Hawks. Well, and someone who doesn't choke a lot, I got to tip my cap to, to Trey Young. And one more thing that I failed to mention while we were still on them, and I guess we're really wrapping them up so it's not too late. Think what Trey Young did. He stuck it in the eye of arguably the two nastiest fan bases out there. The yeah. Knicks and I mean, dude, Philly fans are just nasty. I mean, they, they were throwing water bottles on the floor at the end of the game. That was my and favorite. And the PA announcer said, "Hey, don't do that, or you'll get ejected." You know, you're down six with like three seconds. You're like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's not exactly no no leverage for the PA announcer then, but that will be a great series. I'm looking forward to it. Who do you have? Uh, Los Angeles Clippers or the Suns? Keeping in mind, the Suns are now up one game to nothing over the Clippers. So the Clippers are like they've been on fire, but. So when is Chris Paul going to get back? Like, is will he be back this series? Well, it, the, there's a big Chris Paul question, and there's a big Kawhi oh, Leonard question. So let's reset this one real quick on our way out the door, okay? Let's talk about the Clippers first without Kawhi. He goes down, I believe, in game four it was. And so they win five and six without him. Game six was the largest comeback victory in a series-clinching win in 25 years. They were down by 25 points and beat Utah. 
Terrence Mann had seven three-pointers in a career-high 39, 39 points. Yeah. He had never uh, – excuse me, not never. That was the third time he has ever scored more than 20 points. That's insane. Los Angeles Clippers, first team in NBA history, I did not know this, to rally from two different 2-0 deficits yeah. Yeah. I, in, the, I heard that stat. in the same postseason. And you know what? If they drop another one to the Suns, they'll have to do it a third time. And they did it without Kawhi. Tyron Lue – went five out. He played small ball and you had, truly, you had Terrence Mann getting off and then you had Reggie Jackson played sensational and when they played five out, they made that, is it Rudy Gobert for Utah? Is yeah, that they his stretched name? him. They did stretch him and it, you know, when that guy has to shuffle his feet and move laterally and try to, you know, go out and close someone out, that's Things not his well. exactly. That's not his game. He's a defensive beast, but not on the perimeter. I just he's thought Ty, I thought Ty exactly. I thought Ty he's a menace in the paint. I thought Tyron Lou did a great job going five out and making that guy play on the perimeter. Perimeter D is harder to play for that guy than it is for him to play in the paint. So you ask who or, or you, you brought up the point. When will Chris Paul come back? I don't think anybody knows yet. I know that it's COVID protocol. I believe he tested positive and he's out game one. I'm not sure if he's playing game two or not. And I think the book on Kawhi is a lot of people think it's an ACL tear. He might be done, done. He did not travel with the team. So he's definitely not done or he's definitely not playing rather in games, games one and two. That's correct. Today he did not play. He will not play in game two. So who do you have in that series? I mean, if I mean, if they really don't have Kawhi in already down one zero, I definitely have the Suns, especially if Paul comes back. But I mean, both of these teams, I feel like are. Kind of, I mean, I know Terrence Mann. I believe he was at Georgia and just got drafted a few years ago. I do not know what school he's out of. Um, I mean, I just feel like both these teams are young, but Devin Booker's got that clutch gene in him. He does. So he does. just give me the Suns. All right, so you've got the Suns and the Hawks. And you know what? I will definitely take the Suns. I, uh, I want the Hawks, but I think the Bucks are going to do it. I think Giannis is going to figure out a way. Though I think you bring up a really good point about free throws. And there's something about the momentum of the Atlanta Hawks. It's going to be fun to watch to see how that unfolds. You know what else, Jack? What? Will be fun to watch to see how it unfolds. What's that, Dad? The next few episodes of According to the Osbournes. Because you know what, son? I think we might be onto something. Time I'm, will tell. I'm excited. I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm stoked, man. I'm so, so excited. I'm <laughs> yeah. so stoked. Easy does it. Act like you've been there. Should I take us out with some of that new theme music that I cooked up, son? If you must, man. Well, I think I must. And oh, before we go, we're now available on Apple Podcasts. Hey, consider giving us a follow. And if you can, break your boys off a little five-star rating. Is that too much to ask for? Probably so. 